0: Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters.
1: In this week's update, one year on from 2022's bear market low, where next for shares and a focus on rotations. How long can the Magnificent Seven dominate the market, and when might we see a shift from growth to value and the US to the rest of the world? Well, last Thursday was the one-year anniversary of the end of the 2022 bear market, which itself had begun almost exactly a year earlier at the end of 2021, as rising interest rates caught time on the post-pandemic market rally. So now looks like a good moment to ask where next for shares. To answer that question, you need to take a view on the outlook for earnings, so it's timely also that the third quarter earnings season has just kicked off. This week sees the first results from the big US banks with Goldman Sachs, Bank of America and BNY Mellon reporting tomorrow. Hot on the heels of the banks will be some big name tech stocks, including Tesla and Netflix. And there are some high profile consumer staple stocks like Johnson & Johnson and Procter & Gamble too. So, plenty to watch out for on the results front. For now, the forecasts for earnings next year and in 2025 are pretty positive in the low double digits both years. That goes some way to justifying the roughly 25% rally in global share prices from last October to the July peak. But there are real question marks over whether earnings forecasts are realistic in the face of an interest rate fueled slowdown in the months ahead and earnings by themselves are not enough. Valuations matter too. The appropriate valuation multiple for the market is hard to pinpoint, and it varies significantly from market to market. The US currently trades on around 20 times earnings. That seems to offer little scope for any upward re-rating, which puts the onus on earnings to match currently high expectations. Elsewhere in the world, notably here in the UK, but also in Europe, And to a lesser extent in Japan, valuations are much more reasonable and provide a bit of leeway for earnings to be less than perfect, which is probably to be expected. The direction of valuations is probably more likely down than up, at least in the US. That's because interest rates are expected to remain higher for longer on the back of stickier than hoped for inflation, That raises the bar for investors and means they're likely to require a higher expected return from shares, which they will only achieve from a lower starting point. Realistically, investors should therefore probably expect a lower long-term return from shares than they've got used to during the long recovery from the financial crisis. Single digits rather than double. Not a disaster, but it does make alternative homes for your money bonds, property, and plain old cash look relatively attractive. The returns from a wide range of assets could look very similar in future. And so the relative risk level becomes important. You don't need to be a hero anymore when it comes to your asset allocation. Of course, the stock market is not one size fits all. Just as different markets around the world trade on very different valuations, Scratch beneath the surface and markets look very different depending on how you slice and dice them. For example, while the S&P 500 is 23% higher than a year ago, that's not the case for an equal weighted version of the US benchmark. That measure, which attaches equal importance to the index's smallest companies and doesn't rely so much on the mega caps which have driven the market higher, is at the bottom of a two-year sideways range. It's basically gone nowhere since 2021. And if you look at smaller companies, the story is different again. Here, shares have been in a bear market for the past two years, since the post-pandemic rally hit the buffers at the end of 2021. The Russell microcap index, which was 997 two years ago, is just 601 today, quite a significant fall. If you look at an index of non-profitable tech stocks, which were popular during the post-pandemic rally, they too have slumped and stayed low. So the market has been skewed by the handful of big tech stocks that we now call the Magnificent Seven or the Nifty Seven, a nod to the Nifty Fifty label that was used to describe similar periods of dominance by a small number of leading shares in the 1970s and then again in the late 1990s. These two periods were quite different and the current period borrows from both of them. The 1970s nifty-fifty period was a flight-to-quality type of market when investors coped with a difficult economic environment by only investing in the biggest and safest companies that they felt could rely on to deliver earnings growth despite headwinds in the wider economy. The likes of IBM, Kodak and Johnson & Johnson outperformed in the early 1970s bull market and they stayed ahead during the 1973-74 bear market. By 1975, they traded on a valuation multiple that was twice that of the rest of the market. Now, eventually inflation destroyed valuations across the whole market and the premium disappeared until shares bottomed out at very low valuations in the early 1980s. The late 1990s period of dominance by a handful of shares was different. This was a valuation bubble built on excitement about the emerging internet. But the end result was the same tech stocks rose to valuations about twice those of other shares until the bubble burst and everything fell, narrowing the premium until the market bottomed in first 2003 and then more spectacularly in 2008. Today's Nifty 7 regime is a bit of both earlier periods. There is a flight to quality, but also an element of new ai fueled tech excitement. It's a winner-takes-all environment that favours a handful of tech giants. The difference is that today's market leaders are only valued at around 1.4 times the rest of the market. So if history is any guide, the outperformance could go further yet. What we don't know is how long that could go on for, or what the catalyst might be for a rotation back towards the rest of the market. It could be a turn in the interest rate cycle, which would help the broader market play catch-up, Or it could be structural inflation, which derails all valuations, including those of the most highly rated stocks. One thing we do know is that market trends tend to carry on for multi-year periods. When the nifty seven period does end, it will most likely trigger a rotation into everything that has not worked well while the tech stocks have dominated. That could be good news for non-US stocks, for commodities, for smaller rather than larger stocks and for value rather than growth-focused investment styles. Anyway, enough of the big picture. What does this week hold? In addition to the start of the next earnings season, there are some interesting economic announcements. The UK is particularly in focus with employment data on Tuesday, inflation on Wednesday, and retail sales at the end of the week. Meanwhile, China unveils its third quarter GDP data, which will be an important guide to whether that market's prolonged underperformance continues or starts to level out. And finally in the US we have retail sales data tomorrow. Please be aware
0: the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on fidelity or the recipient issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F-symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.